Welcome, welcome, welcome back everybody to the 90s Mixtapes. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host Jen. Hello. Jen, how you feeling today? This is a very special episode for you, isn't it? Yeah. You're doing like the Lindsay Rock from uh, oh, God. The Trust. You're like going back and forth. Like <laughs> I'm cold. My feet are... I'm, it's like cold. Usually this closet is like a sauna and today it's like an ice box. It's not really that cold. I mean, I, I think that's a little... A little mm. sus. I don't think. Do you have do you have the window open in your room? Is that why? Is that why the heat's not on? No, I don't. Right yet. I'm going to. Okay. Well, then I do know this room will heat up pretty quick. But this is a special month uh, in terms of music and music celebration for my lovely co-host Jen. For those that might have heard on some of the other episodes, and I'm staring at them right now. Green Day. It's Jen's. You would say. I think it's safe to say they're your favorite band, right? They, uh, yeah, yeah, gun to my head, I'd say. I mean, do I listen to more than other bands? Currently, no. But if you were to say your favorite band of all time, I'd have to say. How about this? Desert Island, you're taking three albums. Are you taking a Green Day album? Yeah. Okay, so then we'll say that they're at least the top, you know, overall band of you. I would, I would dare say they're your favorite band. I feel emotional, um, that this has been 30 years since this fucking album. Like, it's... Well, I'm going through it. Like, hold your emotions. I'm not gonna lie. Because we're gonna have an entire album release section to discuss this wonderful album. Now, in looking ahead for the next couple months, it does appear that a lot of the seminal uh, '90s bands are either debuting or coming out with some really great songs. So it's gonna be an exciting year, at least on the music section of the podcast. Last year was pretty good on the movies. I don't really know how this year is gonna fare out. I mean, every year is, is definitely different in terms of you know, kind of. Is it a mix or is it one or the other? And, you know, same thing with TV. I think like next year, like Friends comes out or some of these other shows. Like it just kind of, it's all crazy how it all blends together. Because when you think of the 90s, you think of all of this. Like I didn't think these guys debuted in 94. I figured they were around earlier, right? You know, it's hard to, well, they, I mean, this is their third album. And so they were around. You just wouldn't have heard of them. But like, I think it's hard sometimes because and it it makes it like a little bit like wonky when we're looking back at things because we're talking basically about the premieres of things and the ends of things especially with tv and music and movies it's all the premieres and the ends and you don't live life in premieres and ends right like you like friends was a really big deal to me in like 98 right like those years where no it premiered in 95 and it ended in the 2000s but like we're going to be talking about it when it premieres like dookie premiered in 94 and then green day was a big deal to me personally as a teenager right like a lot of people had different feelings about them and their music but i mean and it it's just those things you know like you you tend to because we're talking about it this way i think that we're losing sight of the fact that like maybe there's amazing tv shows happening and really cool episodes that we're not really picking up on because we're looking primarily at the beginnings and the ends you know what i mean that's fair. I think that goes with all of it. <clears throat> Even like Green Day Basket Case isn't going to be a single until August. Mm-hmm. So like that's their probably biggest single on this album, I would say. Right? Yeah. yeah. So like that's not their first single on this album. The album comes out in February. The big single comes out in August and there's lots of stuff in between. So I don't know. I think that's just kind of important to like remember when we're doing this, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, as we go here, you know, and I do think that this album specifically is, is uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get into kind of the rundown of some of the music that premiered and some of the music we're going to talk about. But I do think this album specifically marks, because of something that's going to happen in a little while, marks a turning point mm-hmm. in the 90s of, let's say, music listening. I, and, and we'll get into that, you know, and really it has to do with Kurt Cobain, right? Because I feel like once he dies which will be in a couple months it's going to change the trajectory of kind of like at least if you were around what kind of music you gravitated towards and what kind of things because this album which debuted on february 1st we're discussing green day's dookie really did lead to that punk revival Mm -hmm. that came back and then you know spawned all of these other artists that eventually will kind of like bleed into what will become emo later on or what people will consider emo, but it really is that like punk sound, which is completely different from the grunge sound that has really taken over, let's say, the mainstream airways of rock. 
it seems a little lighter, a little softer, but not in a sense that the themes, the music or anything, it's just like grunge is just, grunge was so aggressive and how everybody was kind of screaming and loud um, in terms of the, the chord progressions and the songs that you're hearing. Like when I think of a Nirvana song and I think of Rape Me and I think of When I Come Around, when I come around makes me feel so much happier than, <laughs> you know, Smells Like Team Spirit or Rape Me or, you know, these other Nirvana songs. All apologies. All apologies. Right. These yeah. songs really make you feel a really just, you know, and that's the thing about punk music. And I, I mean, we'll talk about it when we, we talk about this album. But I always felt, definitely as a kid growing up during this time and everything, I always felt punk music was like a kind of younger, right? Skewed a little younger, but really was like a, like hopeful it's like the world sucks. We all know. We'll talk about it. But it's like hopeful. Yeah. It wasn't as like the like grunge is really just like a, a vibe. Like it just puts you in such a dark hole. Right. Truly dark hole. You know, we've talked about Nine Inch Nails. We've talked Nine about. Nine Inch Nails isn't really grunge. Though. We've talked about Alice no, in Chains. No, Alice in Chains. We've yeah, talked yeah. about. Um, and we're going to get into like Bush, which starts to kind of come out of that. Like come out of that into being a little it's bit a gr- happier. I would say it's you know like, a, like the sound's influence. gonna evolve. You know, but Nirvana is really here, and some of these other bands. And I'm only saying it more more of a sense of like how I feel when I hear this music. When I hear this, music, I think you're talking too more about the music than the lyrics. Because no, it's, it's all not about angsty. the lyrics. It's, it's all not about the lyrics. Because the lyrics... but also like, and Dookie, Green Day. And the punk that you're talking about is pop punk, and it is very happy. It's upbeat. It sounds, mm-hmm. you know, even Blink One Eighty Two. I mean, he's he writes a song about like his songs. The, the lyrics are dark, right? But it's so bubblegum, like mm-hmm. poppy. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's funny too because I feel like if you liked some punk, you probably liked some grunge, and vice versa. Like it put you in the I like alternative music. 90s alternative camp, right? It's all in that camp, but it is very different in a it's way. It's very different. And, and I feel like this album, the popularity of this album does change a little bit of the like trajectory of the way music happens in the 90s. And it's cool that you get both, right? Look, the, the Green Day boy is here, and I'm looking at the posters, and I'm looking at them from around that time. We got... Woodstock 94 right here. We got colored hair, right? We got short colored hair. Whereas grunge, what is the main thing about grunge that you're seeing is that long hair because you're still coming out of the 80s, right? It's still that, it's, it, you know, grunge music was a response to 80s excess rock, 80s arena excess rock. That's kind of, you know, when you look about what it is and the origins, that's where it's coming from. And what was the big thing in the 80s? Hair. All the lead singers generally had really long hair and it's just this kind of whole vibe of being a rock star. And you're seeing this this change, and the change is happening in front of you. And this album really helps kind of usher in that change. Me as as a kid, I had this album. My parents had no problems with me owning this album. They didn't listen to it, and it sounded good enough to them, right? And they're not listening to like the songs about like masturbation. Yes, hundred percent. Like, they're not hearing. Which again, that. like it's is that really a bad thing to have a song about? But yeah, let's run through some of the other events that happened. So, like we said, February first, this album releases. February 7th, um, Blind Melon's lead singer Shannon Hoon uh, had to leave the American Music Awards. Now, Shannon Hoon, we listened to Blind Melon last year when they came out with an album. I think they yeah. come out with another album. And I think it really holds up really well in terms of how good the music was. I didn't listen to them at the time. My first introduction to them outside of the video, I don't know about you, was like the behind the music. Like, I remember their behind the music. I think it was one of the first behind the music song, like VH1. I don't even know if I sad. even got that far. I don't even know if I've seen their behind the music. Maybe I have. But I mean, you've seen the No Rain video. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is what I know. Like, if you asked me about them, it would be the No Rain video and like Shannon Hoon's tragic death. I think he dies this year, too. I think so, yeah. Um, Later in the year, obviously, later in the year. But, uh, yeah, and supposedly everything I've heard about him is that he was just, like, a really nice dude. Yeah. And just troubled, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know much about that incident, but at the video, what, the American Music Awards, is that where? Yeah, I guess he was loud, disruptive, got taken out for, uh, you know, assault, battery, whatever other charges they wanted to put on him for, you know, having to usher him out because he was being disruptive during the event. It's not like he was beating somebody at the event. Or no, I mean, yeah. he might have, you know, messed, you know, pushed a cop <laughs> or so. Who knows? Um, February 11th, 
the surviving members of the Beatles get together to start to record some additional music. That stuff's not going to come out. I do remember when it does come out, though, with, like, the Beatles anthology project. That I remember when they released that. When did they release that? In, like, 95. Okay. And your mom must have been really excited we about We bought that. it for her for Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, your mom loves like, the Beatles, yeah. I'm sure. See, my parents were uh, not into the Beatles, so I didn't really get that much exposure to it. And I don't think in 95 I really cared about anything that wasn't. You know, just because I'm saying day. that, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the Beatles up until even like my mid thirties. I just really wasn't a fan. And now I've kind of come Same. and wrapped around to listen to some of the more of the music, especially the albums. I think the thing about them really, really different from how we consume music and even how I started to consume music. And we'll talk about it when we talk about Green Day, because this was an album that I owned. So I probably only owned like when I was growing up, 10 hmm. albums. This is one of them. What? Most everything I had was oh, a mix. Dookie? Everything oh, I had was a mix. Yep. Um, yeah. It is funny though the Beatles. Like I feel like I also I never really felt much of a connection to them. And then you start like you said we got a few of their albums when we got a record player because we're those people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm like no, I do really like the Beatles. My we- mom had Rubber Soul, and that's the one she'd listen to all the time. Like my mom listened to three albums: Rubber Soul, Greatest Hits of the Eagles, and some local band. And so I hear Rubber Soul a lot. Um, anyway, um, our man Eddie Van Halen, R.I.P. Chris Isaac. And- Eddie Van Halen died. Oh, he died like in '94. Yeah. No, 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 no. He died like a few years ago. Oh, I'm like, Jesus. Chris Isaac. (laughs) When you said that, I'm like, wait, what? And B.B. King were all there for the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino opening in uh, Nevada. You were just throwing out an R.I.P. because he has passed. He has passed. Not because he passed. That was, that was it. That was a little confusing. And then they did some (laughs) sort of uh, music festival called the San Remo Music Festival. Don't know much about it, but apparently it was a big deal. (laughs) <laughs> we should, we it's should, just here you, you know, should mention it and then throw Noah well you know when, when <laughs> no. we kind of go through some of this you know it's like like for example next month you know we'll be talking about the Grammys and we'll be talking about Nirvana's last concert and all these other things but this is kind of like the little bit of you know history that happened this month I looked through some of the other albums in terms of like what albums had come out and what you know what was there. I mean, I didn't see anything per se that I thought that we necessarily needed no, to highlight. I saw that uh, Cake and the Fugees both had debut albums. Mm-hmm. Neither one, I think, really has... Um, like the hits that we Yeah. Kinda... Yeah, yeah. But that's good to know, you know? You know, some of the big songs that are out are The Signs, Ace of Base, right? Ace of Base is The Sign. I saw it. The Power of Love by Celine Dion. Oh, my God. Without You by Mariah Carey. Found Out About You by The Gin Blossoms. Amazing by, you know, Aerosmith. Right. Salt and Peppa. What a Man. These are all things we've covered before, so it's not yeah. really anything that's kind of new. And I saw Beck had another album. Now, I didn't realize that Beck had, like, a million albums, but I didn't see anything yeah. from this. Because the, the album... I think he has that, like, one banger, you know? And then it's like, unless you're a Beck fan, you probably... The Beck album I owned, I could see the CD cover. It's oh, you o- owned you owned Odelay. Huh? Odelay. Yeah. With like loser it. and stuff, like yeah, yeah. So I own that album, so I I definitely recall all that. What's the thing about Beck? Is he like a? Isn't he? Isn't he? Is he like a Scientologist or I something? I think so. I think that's the thing. But the big the big album release that we saw for this month and the big thing we wanted to talk about that you circled immediately that you know obviously you know we're here and and it's kind of like a little bit of a special episode. Now I don't know if all of them this month, you know, all of them this year will have that same kind of uh, bent. But when I did look at some of them, there are a bunch more that do have some really, um, how shall I say, like really big debuts or breakthrough albums for a bunch of different artists. Mm-hmm. And, and when that happens, we really want to kind of spotlight what that means, where this is going to go, and kind of put it into perspective. I think we both watched the music videos as well, like all the videos that came out. And as you mentioned, the singles come out at different times. It's tough to really keep a track of all this because we're not music historians, obviously. Oh, yeah, no, we're, we we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. No. We're just going down memory lane. Exactly. Like <laughs> So, um, this album... As we mentioned, it's kind of like bringing into light punk music back from not obscurity, not whatever it was, but just giving it to mainstream, right? 
I remember as a kid probably <laughs> being 13 or 14 and people being like, oh, Green Day is for posers. posers. Yep. I was going to say, Green Day's are posers. Oh, they're sellouts. Mm-hmm. They're this, they're that. 100%. Now. And it's funny because the people saying that, like, okay, like, fucking John who sits next to me in homeroom what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, are you at the underground punk club? Like, what are you... You're not involved in the punk scene. Like, what are you even talking about? I like how you're specifically throwing out John. No, I, I said it... sitting next to you. No, I was just trying to think of a name. Um, no, I actually have a name I could say, but I'm not gonna. This album was placed on three different iterations of the Rolling Stones' greatest 500 albums of all time. Right? So it's considered an all-time great. And number one on Rolling Stones' 50 greatest punk rock albums list. If you have not listened to this album yet, when you're listening to this podcast, go ahead, stop, put it on Spotify or wherever you're listening, listen to the album, go start to finish on the album. The album, as I mentioned, as someone that listened to it and owned it, it has very, very, very specific, um, it made me feel when I listened to it, like I was part of something that I knew nothing about. I'm like, I like this sound and I like these people and I like this vibe Mm -hmm. more than I necessarily like or need all of the grunge music. Now, I'm definitely like more of a grunge kid Yeah. into coming out of that, like Foo Fighters and some of these other bands that come out of that, you know, but I'm definitely like this album meant a lot to me personally because I really did enjoy a lot of the songs and it was like a window into punk music, Mm -hmm. which eventually I'll, you know, be a pretty big, I would say not pretty big, but if I had to really list the genres of music that I like, I just like to call it all rock, right? That's what I like to call it because I like all sorts of different rock. But the reality is I probably come more into like an emo bent because that's kind of when I'm in like high school into like, you know, college. And I did like those, that music. And I also liked harder rock. Now, if the cool thing is, is you're allowed to like any of it and all oh, of it. You know what I mean? You don't you have to put yourself Excuse in a box. Me. You weren't. Back because... then it was hard. You really, yeah. You weren't because, and, and I'll say this. And there's so much irony in that, but. Purchasing power is really difficult at our age, or at least it was where, you know, where I was growing up. So like having all of the albums was impossible. Having access to all of this was impossible, right? As you mentioned, your parents listened to certain things. We have my old record collection that my mom's had forever or majority of her record collection, the stuff in there is all 70s and 80s, which is now wrapped back around, right? Into lot into coming to television shows and different things. But it's like, here's, you know, there's a bunch of Eagles albums down there. There's a bunch of Sting albums. There's a bunch of David Bowie albums, a bunch of stuff like that. That's what I had available to me at home. I could listen to David Bowie's Changes in 1990, <laughs> like 93, or, you know, 94, or I can get my copy and my hands on something like this, which is just a, like a radical sound. And so when we're going through all this, you know, I, I think the big thing to, like I said, to remember is just accessibility of music. And this really put that punk sound out there. This mm-hmm. was going to be played on like, which were from New York and, you know, K-Rock was a big time radio station there. This is going to be played a lot on there. You know, I know Longview was played, Basket Case was played, When I Come Around. Like I heard When I Come Around on the radio and it's like, this song is awesome. Pretty sure she was on the radio. She was. I know, but I'm saying that I heard that song specifically, <clears throat> and that was the song that gravitated me towards it. My, Basket case. Uh, no, when I come around. Okay. My favorite song off the album. I don't know about you, but my favorite song is actually "She." Like I really like that song. Yeah. I don't know why. I just do. I gravitated towards it. Gravitated towards the sound. Um, I find it hard to pick a song that's my favorite. This is one of those albums, you know, where I feel like the whole thing together as a whole is just good. But if I had to go into my head, I'd probably pick Longview. I've always loved that song. Like, Why? I, it was just different. I really, I think it, it just had a different, I don't know. It wasn't like what you were used to hearing. And it maybe had to do with the bass because I was a bass player and I always appreciated a good bass line. And it just... It just was catchy and different and refreshing. I don't know. I really liked it. And I liked the video. I just felt, I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I mean. I also really liked When I Come Around, though. Like, I, I liked both of those. Basket Case, not so much, but as much as the other two. But those are the two that I think, as far as you know, the singles go. 
I think the biggest thing about Green Day and a big the biggest thing about their lasting impact is you hear an album like this and then you get to what is it American Idiot is that the album that comes the, the, the next one is no, Insomniac. No, 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 no I, you know I'm saying they the the, the big the, when the I next think of big them one now, probably yeah is American Idiot and that sound and the growth that they have as a band mm-hmm. into basically being like a political album right because they were when 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 you think about when I think about the 2000s and I think about musicians and people making a stand like they literally were against like bush and the iraq war and all that stuff like they were there in the forefront of just you know trashing that as much as they possibly could and their music was a real reflection of that so to think about these young kids that are putting this album out right now they're literally 21 and 20 when this comes out speaking to a generation of you know uh, people that are still following them now like we'll be going this year we we learned that they'll be doing the entire album at their concert and we'll be at their yeah. concert in august what they're doing all dookie and all american idiot is that yeah i think so because i think it's also like the whatever um anniversary of that or <sighs> one, one of the albums but they're definitely doing all of dookie and so the idea that this album and this sound and what this is going to mean and connect with people that then they're going <laughs> to also be like they truly are like a the voice of a generation in a sense that they're going to go from this which is it's it's an alternative. It's bringing you into a different world and different mindset of music that somebody like me just didn't really hear, right? Yeah, like, no I one in my family people, listened to punk music, so I didn't hear it. But I don't think most people did really listen to punk music. It wasn't really popular. Like, I mean, <clears throat> sure, there was, like, a couple of Ramones. Like, people knew the Ramones. People knew some Sex Pistols. Like, but really, like, you didn't hear bad religion on tv you didn't hear like minor threat like these aren't things that you just heard unless you had friends that were into it you know you're not going to hear these kinds of things as much as like grunge or you know what i mean and like classic rock and like a majority of the staples from kind of like the punk rock into like emo scene you know literally credit this album like Good Charlotte's uh, guitarist Billy Martin, something corporate's frontman Andrew McMahon, and some 41's frontman Derek uh, Wibley all claim that they were influenced by this album. Like, everybody in that scene, this is the thing that gets to everybody's front door. This album is huge. Yeah. Didn't you see them? When was the first time you saw them in concert? In 94 in December. So you saw them? I was 13. I think I just turned 13. Right. Um, I think it was like the day after my birthday or something. I went with... I went with three of my friends, um, and we saw them at the Nassau Coliseum, Mm -hmm. and we were, like, on the floor, like, we were on, in the pit, like, and it was wild, like, it was, I remember I dyed my hair green, but I used, like, the kind of stuff, like, that would come out, I forget what it was called, it wasn't, like, the Manic Panic that would kind of, like, stay for a while, but it, like, I used, like, spray to, like, dye my hair green so i would look punk rock i was such a dork and uh i left that concert just completely green like my whole face <laughs> everything i just covered in green um yeah yeah we tried to get i remember i tried to get as close as i could to the stage i just wanted to be as close as i could to them i loved them so much i definitely say this album was like the most important album in my life, you know, like, I'm not a musician, so it's not like it makes, you know, it's one thing to talk about music from a musician standpoint, but, like, I don't know. I got this album, and I was obsessed with it. I would draw all little cartoons that were on the album cover of my sketchbook. I opened up the, like, little, like, booklet that came in the CD, mm-hmm. and it said, like, on the back, I don't know if it was, like, another insert or whatever, but there was something for like lookout records and like their two previous albums. And I think I found one or I found like a previous, like the Kerplunk in, um, you know, like the, the whiz or something. And then in there I ordered like random, like punk albums. Like I ordered like a no effects album, like all these, like I think a screeching weasel, like all this stuff that like you could not really get in stores and that's how i this album actually got me into this kind of punk like into punk music and which is funny because it's like it's training wheels i would say it's like training wheels punk is. music when you really get into punk music and you, but you it is good it's not like you know 
It's not like a watered down version of it. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think it is. I think the biggest thing that that happened or the biggest change that has happened with music is that I, I do feel like it's less tribal than it was back at this time where it's like, if you're part of this camp, you can't be part of that camp Yeah. because you just kind of can't. And everything was very segmented in terms of the clothes you wore um, that would represent kind of like your identity, right? If you had long hair and wore flannel, you're probably into maybe people might assume you're into grunge music. A hundred percent. Right. And you know, you had the G there was, it was almost like a uniform. I remember going towards more the middle of the nineties and all because of this, like I've seen that, you know, you have a t-shirt and you have long jeans, you have a, like cargo pants or something. You look like a skater, right? And mm -hmm. so you're probably into that. Did like, you punk, have like the punk. chain with like no, a wallet? No, because I didn't dress like that. See, like I, I did. And I was a girl and I'd have, remember, I had this blue sparkly wallet and I had like a chain and I had the chain with the wallet. I had like my Doc Martens or my, my Doc Vans. Doc Martens, there you go. Yeah. And I had, <clears throat> I wore like a color. I had a spiky bracelet. I had like all this crazy shit. I wanted so hard to fit in with this world, but I never felt like I did, you mm -hmm. know? And I feel like that's the irony of the whole thing is that like the whole idea of this underground punk scene were these kids that were like dejected from being popular. They weren't the jocks. They weren't, you know, going to football games. They weren't popular with girls or boys. You know what I mean? They were just kind of like outcasts and they'd come together into this punk scene. And then... The irony of that is that when Green Day did sign with Reprise Records and make this album, and then everyone's like, well, they're fucking sellouts and blah, blah, blah. It's almost like then they become the mean kids, right? Like, mm -hmm. then you're not cool enough to fit in with the outcasts. It's like, where do you belong? As, you know, a listener, I mean, I know it must have been really hard for them as a band. Like, they were basically, like, outed from their from their community, you know, like, no, we don't want you here anymore. You guys are set. Like, so it's kind of like similar thing that happened to Nirvana. Only I feel like they didn't really get hate for it as much. I think it was harder on Nirvana, obviously in a way, like as people, but like when they became big and it's like all of a sudden the, the jocks are listening to like, nevermind and dookie. Like, it's just, but that's, isn't that the point of music? I, I don't know. So it's like this really weird thing where everyone just wants to fucking fit in somewhere and and then people are just afraid of other people taking over their little community. So they have to like spit fire at that, you know? Well, when you say, you know, you said something there when you said, you know, and you so often you said something really, I thought important when you said, you know, when the jocks are listening to Nirvana and Dookie, this time period in music, I wouldn't say like, you know, you could, Every, you always look back fondly on your youth. Everybody always does, no matter what time it is. I can go talk to my parents and they talk about how things were great whenever yeah, it was, you know. But the accessibility of music now, I couldn't tell you because I, I don't have conversations with, you know, the youth about music, let's say, right? That Of like what they're into and, and how they're into it. But I would imagine it's pretty varied. What you're mentioning is almost like a carbon copy of like what mtv programming kind of was because mm -hmm. you would see green day and then the next song in the queue might might be nirvana mm -hmm. and then it might be you know because in two months Jane blossoms in, in, in <laughs> two months and two months from now offspring smash is going to come out mm -hmm. which is also going to bring a light into kind of the punk you know punk and rock scene but it's a way harder album i would say than this yes and i remember owning smash and i love smash i love smash more than this green day album like the Green Day album just seems softer, seem more, but it's also, you can understand why. It, yeah, it's, and when you're it's saying bouncy, that, it's like a bouncy fun. Like, like I remember, you know, getting ready for sporting events or doing different things and getting hype and you play like Nitro. Nitro was just, you know, when Smash comes out, like yeah. Nitro and, and even Smash, awesome tracks. And then Metallica is going to join the scene in a few years when they do uh, like Reloaded. I where, think Metallica is already in the scene. No, the mainstream. The okay. real, real mainstream. Metal when you think of Metallica and you think about it and you put it in I the same... I think about 80s, honestly. I, I don't. I wasn't okay. even really... You know, I, I'd known some of the songs and you, I'd known Enter Sandman. But all of this really starts to blossom out of, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about on TV and that we're going to keep going with the, really the MTV, like, expansion generation where they 
latch on to all of this because this is all the different trends and they take these regional trends and kind of put them all together and make this kind of like national like melting pot kind of but it happens organically it doesn't happen overnight because when i think of let's say kids in the 80s then hey shout out tell us tell us if i'm right tell, tell me if i'm right tell me if i'm wrong like i feel like there's probably a lot of people that liked you know metal or that liked you know rock but maybe they didn't also like metal and hip-hop like, kids in, like, the mid-90s, like, Biggie was out there, Tupac was out there, and you're listening to this, and you're doing all the things, and they're all on the radio. Like, they were on the radio. Mm. And I just think that it's, like, this is the beginning of putting all of this stuff, you know, connecting all these dots into what's going to really be, like, 90s music. It's a really great time, 30 years later, to look at it. And I will say that because I did make it through the 2000s. No shade on anybody. A lot of artists that I like and a lot of good albums that come out, but I just don't think it's the same. I think these, really, all these different things are all coalescing into some of maybe the best music and some music that's going to stand kind of the test of time, which at the time, they didn't feel that way. No, I remember the thing, music right? That's the thing right now. No, of course not. And who knows how people are going to feel about the music now in yeah. 30 years. But... You don't know, really, the effects of the history that you're living through ever. You don't know what mm -hmm. it's gonna, how it's gonna be perceived. But yeah, but it's almost like everybody kind of had their own. It's like, like we were talking about, you were wearing your Doc Martens, with like you probably had like a choker, right? I had a fucking dog collar, <laughs> and so you would be seated next to the person that's literally wearing like Janko jeans, <laughs> and is wearing like. It just was so... And you so... know the funny thing is, too, like, we called all, like, the quote-unquote, like, normal popular kids preppies? Like, preps? Right, right. Like, preppy is... That's, yacht rock. That's, <laughs> like, not what that even means, though. That's, like... No, I know. I know. It, that's it. You're, like, listening to Yacht Rock wearing, like, like Dockers. But that's not... It's just anyone that was, like, not into alternative shit was a preppy. And I remember this one time I was, like... In chemistry, and I had these, this, like, it kind of looked like a muscle shirt. It was, like, cut off. Mm -hmm. It leaves were cut off, so it was kind of like a tank top, only it wasn't, like, thin straps. And, like, I'm just sitting there minding my own business, and someone's just making fun of my muscle shirt. Like, just making fun of me. Like, oh, what, are you, you going to show off your guns? I mean, I was not muscular. I had skinny art. Like, I'm just like, what? Like, I'm like, are you making fun of, like, the shirt I'm wearing right now? Was it a boy or a girl? It was a, funny. It was a guy. He probably liked boy. you. He was probably like, I don't know what else to say. Oh, I got I, I was so mad. Well, he was like a prep, right? And I was mm -hmm. like a weirdo. So like, and I always felt like I didn't fit in with any of those crowds. And I think a lot of people that grew up when we grew up feel that way. Like it was hard to feel like I wasn't athletic. So <clears throat> I was never on any sports teams or anything, you know, and there were a couple like nice popular people who I got along with and talked to maybe once one of their parties once or twice, but I never felt comfortable in like the group, you know, mm -hmm. of really anybody. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm going on this this tangent now. No, but. because because again, just to kind of to kind of circle back, you know, and, and to you know put Green Day into perspective, like they opened the door for you, for me, for a whole generation of people to look back at the window of punk music, and then to inspire people to go forward in punk music, and they created their own sound, and they they kind of blazed their own path in it. And I think the difference between let's say a band like a Green Day, and let's say a band like a Nirvana, is that Green Day you know, didn't have the same kind of tragedy. Whereas Nirvana burned so bright for so fast and took over everybody's thoughts that, you know, we've talked about on this podcast. And yeah, I think about it a lot when I listen to their music too. And I think like where, what kind of songs and what kind of artistry could we have had from someone like a Kurt Cobain? I know. And even a Dave Grohl, if they had stayed together and kept going, like where would they all have gone and what would we have heard? And you'll, obviously you'll never know the answer to that question. But it's just the fact that, like, you think about Green Day and you're like, we started with Longview and When I Come Around. And then we get these anthems, like, you know, fuck George Bush and fuck all these other things. Like, we're here, there. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the evolution where you're really speaking to this generation. You're starting with this, you're kind of forming your own, like, army. I mean, there was a Broadway play that's going to be based off of, or, you know, they had, like, a play based off of their albums. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're going to get so huge that. And know, this is still their most successful album, even far, after yeah. all that. And I think that they didn't really have a choice but to kind of grow as artists because mm -hmm. they were 
like outed from the punk community, right? Like they still put out punk albums. Like Insomniac is still very much punk album. Like their sound they is still, their sound, yeah. And they, but they have definitely evolved, and I don't think that they really had a choice. And I also think that like it was probably really like that. Just must be so shitty being called the same. Like, what are you supposed to do? You have an opportunity to share your art with the world and to become successful. And, like, make history. And instead of doing that, you're supposed to just stay in the tiny little club down the street. You know it, what I mean? Like, and I get the appeal to that. But I also, I think it's just hater culture. It's, well, like, fucking haters, you I was, was going to say, in the 90s, it was very localized, kind of, like, localized rage, right? So if you're mad at someone, it was we didn't have a national platform screaming at everybody. So everybody in the community is like, you're a sellout. Or you're a poser, or you're this or that. But that spread. That I was being called a poser when I wore my Green Day shirt. Well, no, I was, gonna, and I was like, no, "Fuck you!" But I, I was gonna say, not that it didn't spread, but what it was was that it would it would affect the individuals by someone saying something to you. Like you probably remember who the people were that said it to you, and you could think about it and go, "That mm-hmm. person said this thing to me." Whereas now, everybody could just try to cancel somebody by just being like, "Ah, oh, fuck you!" It's blah 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 from behind you know, a veil, right? You could just do it from a, a post, from a tweet, from yeah. a whatever. Here it was really like venomous. Like people, like a human being that you know that lives in your town is like, you're a sellout for liking that band. Like why? Yeah, like first of all. Because this music makes me feel good? Why? Yeah. How does that affect you? Like at the end of the day, how does that affect you? Oh, well, they're sellouts. Why? Because they took money and they made music that I like? Right, because really, are people they... People don't do that now, I, I don't think. They're not changing their image. I mean, they're still going out there, like you said, and saying, fuck George Bush. And they didn't, like, they didn't edit themselves to become popular. They just be- were themselves. They signed with a label that would put out the album that they wanted to make. And they, ve- like, they very specifically did that. They didn't go with other bigger albums. Uh, bigger record companies because they didn't want to change their sound and they didn't want to be watered down grunge because that's not who they were right so it, it it just bothers me when people do that i mean it bothered me i don't know like we have to just man we just love to hate su- successful people but right but i was gonna say like to me i just kind of feel like there's there's Jealousy. two there's two elements of music there's you know, at least to me as a, as a casual observer and somebody has been to, you know, it's not like I've been to 10,000 concerts, but I've been to very small venues that you and I have talked about where we're in like a storage space, uh, yeah. you know, in the middle of nowhere. And, the, you know, uh, a small local band is playing for, you know, doing Screamo for 60 people. Right. I've been to, you know, places in New York City that have, you know, a couple hundred people. We've been to. But have you been to CBGBs? No. I've been to stadiums. I've been to, you know, uh, full-on stadium shows, and I've also been to, you know, baseball fields and all these things. So I've been from high to low. And the one thing that I could say is, like, it doesn't matter what your music sounds like. It matters who's coming to see you, and it matters the show you put on for them. Because I had never seen Green Day until a couple years ago. And when we saw them, I'm like, wow, they really put on an amazing show. You should have seen them in 94. They... Like, honestly, when they first came out and this was fresh, they were so energetic and so crazy on stage. They'd bring people up. They'd, like, throw people into the crowd. I mean, they were, like, wild. They'd fucking come out naked. Like, there was no... They just didn't that I remember, care. That because they did Woodstock, right? I think so. I think they... Because cause the... I Or no, Chili Peppers did it. Chili Peppers did that a lot. But they just did whatever. They're just, like, punk kids. Like, it's just fun, you know? The idea that people are going to be like, oh, you're a poser, you're this, you're that. Okay. If you want to say that because I released or the person released like a whatever kind of album, whatever kind of thing, at the end of the day... But look, what does it, that mean? I'm posing as what? I'm posing as, as, as a person that likes this thing? Yeah, I do like it. It's not it's not fake. At like, the end, what are you at, talking At the end about? of the day, when you go and see someone and you see them play, the passion is there. Yeah. And when it's not there, you could tell it's the audience and the audience peels off. And that's that's truly the thing about a performer, right? And I think about these guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I do, because when I hear their music, and especially even coming into, like, this month and doing this, and we're going to see them again, you know, I really do think a lot about people that can stay and continue doing something for as long as they can and not just rely on the hits that they have. I think it's a matter of not listening to the haters and just, like, continuing to grow and change, but staying, like, true to yourself. Because they, you know... 
they've been criticized a lot. Like they were criticized for being sellouts. They were criticized for, um, I don't remember when they first came out and they're like, oh, he's trying to sound British, you know, like, yeah, he kind of did. He, he did sound like he was trying to sound British. Kid's fucking 20 years old making an album, you know, like whatever. Like then they're newer, like there's some of their more recent albums that like, I don't think are as good. Like, and I know that they didn't get as good review, but like they just still continue to show up. And most of these bands that are successful, I just listened to Dave Grohl's um, books, The Storyteller. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying that stuff about Nirvana, um, he talks about Nirvana in it, obviously, because it's his band, was his band. Um, like, I was under, because I didn't really know a lot about them as a band. I thought they were all, like, really close friends. But that's not really the case. Like, Dave Grohl, like, moved to Seattle to be part of Nirvana. Like, he didn't really know them. Like, he kind of mm-hmm. met them. Like, so then they would just go back to their homes then kind of get together, write music, record, tour, then go back to their homes that were in different states and different places. Like... So I don't know. You know, I wonder if they would have stayed a band or if it was inevitable that they were going to do their own projects. Like Green Day, like Mike and Billy Joe were like best friends. Like they had that. So I don't know if that matters. I don't, I guess sometimes that could hurt you because if you have sometimes a falling it out, it's a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know, it's not really comparable, but I just thought it well, was it's, it's all it's all comparable because, you know, when you start to think about what matters I think using your platform and speaking out is important too. And I think, you know, band like Green Day, like I said, they were speaking out for a generation. They were speaking out for people at that time. And at that time when they're speaking out, you know, they're in their thirties, right? right. But and, even and this album, out. like as a teenager, like the songs about like, l- like relationships and like mm-hmm. fights and like being a burnout and being bored and like the one of the tracks is about like his parents, like his mom and his stepdad and like FOD is about like, it's all like personal songs that like people can relate to, you know, and then that, it'll keep kids, growing. that kids can relate. Right. But then the point is they keep growing and that's, that's you know kind of the beauty of it all. You know what song didn't age well? What? Having a blast. Yikes. I would agree. Probably didn't age as well. Yeah. I mean, it was before, Columbine and all these school shootings and everything. So I feel like you're allowed to make art that then somehow creepily turns into reality, but it's not like it's not. Well, like, Jeremy, too, right? Jeremy is about a kid that like kills himself. It's not about. It's but not still a, shooting out of school. But just himself. He like, This is about, I'm taking you all down with me. Like, I'm going to no, blow yeah, this shit up. Like, this is literally, like, what... It's a little bit... It's a little I, bit I, different. I'm just saying there was conversations <laughs> about, like, that angst. I mean, Jeremy's about suicide. This is about homicide. Like, I think that's the difference. Uh, sure. Mass. But... <laughs> Mass homicide. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I was just more or less like, saying, he spoke like... spoke in class today, you know? And then that was it. Right, but I'm just saying more like, hey... And clearly... I remember picking up. I know. I, and I see what you're doing. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Jen, Jen, shout out, Jen doing the, uh, the poetry reading. Like I understand about the poetry <laughs> and about the lyrics, but the videos. When oh, I, yeah, when I come around, it's tough. Really? You didn't like it. Is, is it the voyeurism that got you? There's two types of music videos in the 90s. There's ones that are made with money and ones that made that I like. I like when I come so around. So I was kind of like... I think it's fun. Huh. I think it's fun. And you know, like, the little couple that was making out? Mm-hmm. Well, the dude is Jason White, who's now their, like, fourth guitarist. Because back, you know, now That's they're, fun. like, still a three-piece band, but now they have a... Well, they usually always have an additional person or two or three. Like, the Foo Fighters, we've seen them, like, on tour, and they have a bunch of people, and especially depends mm-hmm. on the band, because... When you're making something in the studio, you can play multiple yeah. different well, things now they, or do different things. Of course, they do that now, but back then, they were just a three-piece band. So Yeah, well, it's three kids but they were doing with. their thing. Yeah. Um, so you didn't like When I Come Around. You didn't like all the, 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 the creeping on each other. It was a lot of creeping for, like, one little spot. A lot of creeping. Like, the, the dude in the wheelchair watching the, well, the ballet people, and then also, like, the other guy watching the ballet people, but they seemed like they were kids. It was like a vibe. I was like, hmm. We'll sketch. I like the one I come around video. I didn't take the song as being <laughs> a song about uh, voyeurism. 
It's not. Right. I actually so, read what all these songs are about. It's about it's about his it's about Billy Joe's wife, but that was then his girlfriend and about how like he was on tour all the time. Like, yeah. I understand that. But then we like the la- last month we talked about a video, right? We talked about how many videos have nothing to do with actually like No, well we talked about a video last month. I'm trying to think. It was either Nine Inch Nails or Alice in Chains. Which one was it? Alice in Chains, because we it was like Alice claymation. It was yeah. like claymation. It was right? Alice in Chains. But that literally was like what it had to like do with. It was about the circus. It was yes. The song. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, yes. when I come around is about him, about about being out on the prowl and just being on the streets. I mean, they're on the streets. They're walking the streets. <laughs> they they are walking, walking the streets. They're walking the streets. People be 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 spying on other people's. You know. I'm trying to bring up that album because I, I, feel I like actually it like it. I feel that. like it's that that idea that like it's the thing I love about cities, right? It's like this big, just like this big, like just habitat of like people in their little tiny lives and their little situations all just like strings together to form this like huge ecosystem. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I don't know. That's what I got from the video. And that's what I like about cities. It's about what I like. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, maybe I am wrong. I, I don't know. I, I felt like I stay away. It was more like it made me really kind of feel. It made me feel achy. Yeah, it made me feel the song. I don't know. This, this just made me feel, you know. And then Basket Case, of course. I like, <laughs> yeah, the, the people with the crazy masks and they're all in the asylum. I like how Mike just starts like walking the wrong way and they have to like direct him to the <laughs> mic stand. Like, it's so silly. It's just. It's- it's good. It's it good. is. It is. It's good. I, I think we're going to get to some peak videos. Uh, you know, no, no shade on Green Day. I just think that they are. I like the Longview video. I think that's my favorite of their videos. Is a monkey. It is. That good. was like their house that they lived in. It, it is. No, I was going to say. It's fucking it, it's, cool. It's, it's like, good. that's like actually what they're like. I love that. You see what, like when a band is still young before they get successful and you get to see them living in like the filth that they fucking like lived in like, well they're also fun. 20 somethings but exactly but i mean i because i'm just thinking a lot of like when we were watching videos with dan when he was here maybe last year and we were watching like the no doubt video and like these other videos yes. and just thinking, like, here's all these bands before it's so heavily yes before it's heavily, heavily produced. produced they don't have the money to really and the record company's not giving them the money so you're just right. kind of here and you're like but this okay. is still when videos really mattered so they're still putting out these cool videos that are creative and like i don't know if videos well, they matter more than they do now. Well, no, no. I, I was going to say, I don't know if it's that they really mattered. Yes, because MTV culture was such a thing. MTV was such a thing. I don't know if they really mattered in the sense of, like, you are not, like, it, what? I don't know if they really mattered in the sense of the quality. I think they mattered that you had to make one. Right? I think it mattered in the sense of them being fun to watch, which has nothing to do with the quality. Like, I think that, like, if it's, Right, it's either a song you like or it's a video that you like to watch. We'll make you stop and watch the video. Well, the, so if they're fun to watch, and I think that these videos are pretty fun to watch, then like the the Welcome to Paradise one was just a live footage. That was whatever. But like, but where do you think they're gonna play these? Like they like, on MTV, my guy. No, I'm saying what like much music for my Canadian friends. I'm just trying to say like VH1. It it hasn't gone yet to it's still very tribal, so it's still very like segmented. But it's going to, probably in like 95 is really when you hit that crescendo where you could I'm be here watching now. whatever. Here's where I am now. I'm not I waiting know. for 95. I'm just talking I'm about here right video. now. I'm just talking about the videos and the importance right of the here, videos. Right now. Crystal Pepsi. It's true. That's true. That's <laughs> last year's Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just want to mention that I don't think I expressed how much I love them when I was younger. I waited all night outside American Video, which is where you also went to buy your movie, like your... your Ticketmaster location. Your tickets, yeah. Like three, four towns away from my town. All night, I waited on this line. I think I was second in line to get... Jones Beach tickets. Nassau Coliseum tickets to see Green Day. To get floor seats. That was the thing. We wanted general admission. And I got this bracelet. This, like, plastic bracelet. It was, like, white with pink on it maybe some blue or purple i don't know it was like this you know those things that they like clamp onto you Mm -hmm. those shitty ass like Mm -hmm. i wore this wrist thing for like six months without taking it off six months i wore this stupid thing because i was so excited to see green day 
It fair. wasn't even a green. It wasn't even from the concert. It was just from American Video, and I wore that thing until someone started making fun of me, in in class. So I probably cut it off. I still. I think it is still at my dad's house. It's fair. I mean, that was they. They are your band. They are your youth. They are, as you mentioned, they're a window into a whole new world for you. Yeah. They really were. My window doesn't open yet. It's it's coming. You're still a little baby. I'm I'm twelve. I'm twelve I'm probably like twelve and a half when I start getting into them. And I'm you know, it's not in February. You know, a band doesn't come out with an album and instantly everyone well, likes them. You know, uh, you but know, Billy Joe opened the window for you and uh you know, you you mentioned my man, Dave Grohl, but that won't be for a little while. Yeah. Till he's uh putting out Foo Fighters albums. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I uh just love them. And we're going to talk about them again because Woodstock 94 is coming. I know. And I have the Woodstock 94 fucking VHS tape somewhere in this house. I do declare. No, those are those are wrestling. Uh, it's in the other room. Yeah. I, know, I know where it is. I hope it, I hope it plays. I don't see why I wouldn't. I might put it on. I don't room. know if it's all of Woodstock. I think it's just Green Day's performance. Well, it was like two days too or multiple days. I, I think, think it's, it's just Green Day. Days. It's just Green Day, but... Which, That's all I needed. Which, and I was so jealous of this girl, Erica, in my class who went to Woodstock because my parents wouldn't let me go. They're like, you're fucking 12. You're not, you're not going to, who are you going to go with? Like, you don't have friends that are 16 that are going to take you. We wouldn't let you go with them anyway. I wanted to go so bad. But also, what Erica the fuck went. is a Woodstock? I do remember it was on pay-per-view. But Green Day was on. Was it on a pay-per-view, Woodstock 94? Yes, it was on pay-per-view, which is probably why I have the footage because my dad got it from his pay-per-view guy that he would get his uh wrestling pay-per-views from shout out hot boxes right hot box hot box 1994 oh man that hot box i know my dad wanted i remember we were gonna get one at one point and then we he probably got nervous he was probably scared to get one he's a rule follower he's like you yeah but i feel like the whole <laughs> it's just funny because people you know, i know that they still do that I think they still have channels that you still, like, tune in in the middle of the thing. I just remember pay-per-view being such a... Like, naughty channels? Is that what you... Regular mean? ones, too. Oh. No, no, no. They have naughty channels, but regular ones. But but now everything's so on-demand that you're like, I'm going to buy this on-demand. But back then, it was like, this starts at 8, and then they'll mm-hmm. run it again Even on at pay-per-view. 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you so you always choose. had to dial in. Yeah. Because I remember it would be like, oh, we really want to watch this movie that's coming out on pay-per-view. Well, you'd have to, like... Be seated when it at was eight. starting yeah. at eight. Yeah. Otherwise, you have time. to wait till ten or pay per view west or pay per view. No like, pause button. No do... bathroom no, no. breaks without missing stuff. Right, and then you had to have God, a... the Wild West we grew up in. And you have, a, have to have it all connected so you can like tape it because you'd always tape it if you did a pay per view. You'd have to tape it, right? You'd have to set up your thing that you could tape what you did because like if you're paying for it, you might as well then own it, right? Because that was a big thing in the '90s was blank tapes and taping shit. It I think I'm gonna get a Green Day tattoo. And Green Day inspired tattoo. Like, I'm not going to get, like, the words Green Day. I'm not going to get, like, their faces. You should get, like, a basket case tattoo. You should get something having to do mm, with that. Basket case isn't my favorite. Okay. I mean, I like it. It's I like all of it. But it's not it's not my... Get, get on... Isn't there a dog on the album cover? Get the dog. Uh, like, there's, oh, like, maybe. a little hot dog somewhere. There's definitely... Also, did you know what the word dookie meant before this came out? Cow shit. I didn't know, realize it meant shit. I, I learned when I got the album that Dookie was poop. I figured it out. <laughs> it said it looks like there's a lot of poop on this cover. But I didn't know that's what it meant. I Sucker. never heard that. Anything else you want to add on the big Jen No, I'm probably Shells, missing Dookie something discussion. that I wanted to. We could always to. come back. We have a potpourri. We uh, have more music. I feel like we've talked a lot. You were supposed to, you were supposed to quiz me on my Green Day knowledge. No, you wanted me to quiz you on your Green Day knowledge. We'll save the quiz. We'll save the quiz for Woodstock 94 because there'll be a bunch of different bands we could talk about that are there, right? To have a bunch of different music questions that we can have. Give us some time to compile it. You were like, I want you to quiz me on everything about Green Day. Well, because I feel like like we should quiz each other. We play Trivial Pursuit. We play a game, which we're about to play right now. I just want to take the quizzes. I want to take the quizzing up. I know, right? (laughs) All right, let's get this fucking started. I'm done with these. All right, Jen, it's your turn. Roll the dice. It's going to be so loud on the mic. I apologize. Your turn. Roll the dice. Let's go. A roll again. And an orange pie piece. What is orange, Jen? Trends. 
Oh, boy. Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. What forbidden dance, allegedly from Brazil, was actually a Bolivian folk tune popularized by a French pop group? The Macarena? The Lambada. Lambada. Labamba? Lambada. Oh, yeah, no. Cool. Guess another day without pie peas for me. Well, well, just let me ask you this question. Okay. Which, what is brown? Viewing. What star of Henry and June is named after a Hindu goddess of light and beauty? I don't, I don't remember her name. Uma Thurman? I'm like, I don't even know what half the shit... Uma Thurman wasn't in Benny and June. Henry and June? Oh, I thought you said Benny and June. No, I'm like, I haven't even seen these movies. I haven't even I've heard of these heard things. I've never heard of that. I've, it's wild. It, these, some of these questions are just wild. Welcome to Trivial Pursuit. Roll yeah. your dice. Do it. Going for this, uh, this viewing, the brown. Hold on, these pie pieces don't stay in these stupid things. Don't fucking cheat. Uh, cheat, yeah, okay. I'm just kidding. What? What actor played lead roles in both L.A. Law and NYPD Blue? Jimmy Smith? Mm-hmm. Got it. Or you could roll again. Blue is hanging. What singer was under the complete control of therapist Eugene Landy until California courts ordered all ties between them severed? Um, Frank Sinatra. I'll, it, he's a singer in a band. It's a, a full band. Mark Consuelos. Brian Wilson. You know, I was going to say, he's in the Beach Boys guy, but then I didn't. And you would have gotten it. But I, who would know? Who could know such things? Who can know? Guys, this has Ooh. been our music episode, the Green Day episode, the Green Day discussion, the, uh, Shooting the shit in the basement discussion about Green Day. If you liked what you heard, you heard. Follow us. You know, wherever you get your little podcast, you could just subscribe. Shoot us an email at BeckyLeftTheChat at gmail.com. Tell us how you feel about what we're doing, what we could change, what else we can do. And Jen? Yeah. Are you ready next week to discuss some some popery, some random happenings in February? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we will see you guys there, and we appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to make you, you a little valentine to put on your on your desk. Oh, my God. We're going to have to see if we can find, like, the best ones from 94. Maybe there was, like, a Jurassic Park one or something. That would be funny. <laughs> I feel like there was. Like, I feel like we gave them out. Like, yeah, that was probably 95, though, because it wouldn't have been out yet. I thought it comes out in 90. I thought it came out in 93. Did it? Oh, maybe it did. No, I think you're right. I think it does. Oh, my God. You just grabbed... Okay, so this is obviously an audio thing but pat just grabbed a vhs tape of jurassic park that i can't see from where i'm sitting so i didn't even know we had that like he just fucking pulled out jurassic park do you know, do you know park how much I, we paid for this this was a yellow this was an orange tag also oh, half store. off half off one dollar we paid for this worth it 100 percent. all right thanks for listening everybody bye bye